Welcome to this very special episode. Sci-Fi Thoughts has been going strong now for over a year. Yet before there was a Sci-Fi Thoughts, I'd sometimes record interviews and keep them in case I became part of a broadcast vehicle like like Sci-Fi Thoughts. So this is one of those which I hope is now better with age, like a good red wine. It was April 25th, 2010. I was living in China. Will was in Georgia in the US. Will and I were classmates at the Clarion Writers Workshop. And because of that, I saw him announce to our email list that he was nominated for a Hugo. So I scheduled an international call with him and recorded our conversation with which became a blog article which I published in 2010. The link is in the show notes. I kept the recording of the interview because who knew? Maybe someday I'd start a podcast and get to share our chat with the rest of the world. Well, so here it is. A conversation between two friends, one of who was nominated for an award. At the time of the interview, he didn't know he would win this award, and so you can imagine his state of mind, excited, yet he really wasn't sure he should take the long international flight from one side of the earth to the other when he had some new children at home. Now we discuss what future powers he might have as a Hugo Award nominee. How's your cover letter going to look like now to FNSF and, and Analog? Are you going to say, you know, I got a, I got a Hugo nomination, you bastard, so you better publish my story. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's funny because um, I, I mean, I know, I know Gordon Van Gelder, you know, we're not buddies or anything, but like when I see McCons, I know him and he knows, you know, he knows me because I had introduced myself um, pretty early. I saw him at a con, I, you know, I had not seen Sheila Williams. Um, so I've seen him, you know, I had sent him, he probably read my first 50 stories, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but, you know, didn't, did not buy any of them, but you know, I, I certainly don't hold any ill will against him. Um, he seems like a very nice guy. I think, you know, the stuff he picks is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, it is don't you feel a little though. surly now, now? You know, you feel like you've been, you know, you've been given the, how do I say this, uh, 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 an authentic- authentication that, God damn it, you can write science fiction, and why the hell aren't you buying my story? <laughs> yeah, although, we, I guess the question will be now, it's, well... I'm just trying to think if I sent him anything. Yeah, I've sent him a couple things recently because they were not right for Asimov, and he turned them down. But I don't think it's been since the nominations, although I don't think that'll matter to him that much. <laughs> like, you know, he just... I, my feeling is that FNSF, that, uh, that Gordon, he really values uh, style. Mm-hmm. That you know, he really he values uh, the style monkey. You know, people who have are great with words and images and stuff like that. And that's just not me. And you know, I think I think Sheila more values a good right. You know, a good story. And it's not so much about turn of a phrase and that sort of stuff. That's my feeling. That's kind of how I've always distinguished them. Yeah, I've heard similar thoughts that that FNSF sort of literary science fiction uh, style where right where, where there's a little bit yeah. right yeah. 
who do you feel like you write like? Who do you feel like you've read a lot and you really feel like maybe adapted some of his style or borrowed from his style? I'm thinking, uh, I mean, I write like other people who don't, you know, who are kind of just, uh, very straightforward just in their tell writing. Tell the damn story. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's that? Just tell the damn story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think of, um, I don't know that I've tried to consciously, you know, because I've always just tried to tell a story and it's like, you know, whatever words tell the story, those are the ones I tend to use. Um, and, you know, I guess that reminds me of, oh God, and I, I, like Robert Reed, does that, I mean, you know, so he seems like, boom, you know, good story, there it is. You know, that's, that sort of thing. He's always in the year's best. He does lots of, of short stories and it's always in the year's best collections because it just has, you know, just great stories. Hmm. What was your motivation for the story? Your, your inspiration for Bicycle? For Bicycle, yeah. Um, I, I really, I mean, I just, I, I, you know, usually what I do is I get ideas and they just show up you know, as ideas will, right? You know, you just, you think, huh, you know, what if, and then jot it down. And I mean, the, the cool thing about that story, I guess, is I wrote the whole story from the point of view of a guy who's going into the, the, um, this cryogenic dating site. And he's kind of a loser and he doesn't have the money really to unfreeze any of them. He just, he's looking for attention from women who, you know, would give him the attention he wants because he's, you know, kind of a loser. So, you know, physical women won't talk to him. So he goes to talk to dead women who are desperate to get unfrozen and doesn't tell them that he can't afford to unfreeze them. And I wrote the whole thing and I actually um, uh, put it out for, you know, some of my writing friends to read. And um, uh, Mary Robinette Kowal, who's the, the secretary of SIFWA, right. um, she, she read it and said, I... I think I think you're missing it. I think that you should do it from the point of view of one of the women. I think that would be much more engaging. You know, and it's like as you, when you get that kind of feedback that says, "Take all six thousand <laughs> words you've written." You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so we write the damn so You know, so you know what you do. It's like oh, I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. I want this story to be good. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> And then, you know, you let a little time goes by, you go by, you go through the, you know, the stages of death, you know, denial, <laughs> bargaining, <laughs> um, what, you know, what are the others, depression, uh, and then finally acceptance. And it was like, you know, she's right. It would be a better story. And so I just, you know, scrapped the whole thing and, and rewrote it from, from the beginning. And, you know, that was Bridesicle. So whatever happened to Will at the Hugo Awards? Well, let's listen and find out. Cory Doctorow presenting the award. And so I know that there is a certain formality to the, present, to the presentation of this category. This is where I'm going to say something about how short fiction introduces new writers to the field, how it was an experimental playground, how the wellspring from which wonderful things come. But that's not why I like short fiction. Yeah. I love short fiction for an entirely different reason. I love it because the science fiction short story is a living monster out of prehistory that walks among us today. <laughs> you see, once all genres actually stories in them. Once there were marvelous magazines published on a regular schedule, magazines with titles like Spicy Cowboy Stories, <laughs> Fairly Interesting Prep Chef Tales, <laughs> and my favorite, Exciting Monkey Bone Stories. <laughs> All killed in years gone by by a mysterious column 
that missed the remote island of science and fiction, where, lumbering around in all its glory, the science fiction short story goes on, a living dinosaur. So say what you will about the short story, point out that the rates have gone on since you wrote this one. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote the short story for it to And now the nominees for that short story. The Bride of Frankenstein by my president. Bright by Lawrence. The by Lawrence and Non-Zero Probabilities by Andy A. Jensen. And Spar by Kirchner Johnson. And the winner is the only writer who actually turned out to accept it on his own behalf. A reading of the short story Bridesicle is available from Escape Pod. There is a link in the show notes. So what happened to Bridesicle after that? Will wrote a novelization of Bridesicle, which was then carried by Orbit Books, available now. Here is a short excerpt. People think that when you're in the minus 80, in that cold, cold place between life and death, they think that it's peaceful like being asleep. But it's not like that. When you're in the minus 80, you're just gone. No thoughts. No dreams. Nothing. You're nothing unless someone decides to wake you up. Pull you back into existence. Give you a second chance at life, at love. Back in the 21st century, they used to say, till death do us part. Not anymore, though. Because now, for some of us, <gasps> death is only the beginning. However you found sci-fi thoughts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation services, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and do us a favor. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave us a review, even clicking a few stars. And this will help out the show 
in many ways. Next episode, Will shares a writer's travails with tough revisions. And I put it up on Codex, and um, uh, one of the reviewers, uh, Matt Joseph, I'm kind of, is it Joseph Murphy? He's he's published some stuff in like realms and but he he critiqued it and his critique was you've taken an interesting idea and told it in the dullest driest way possible